Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. All right, I got a lot to preach to you. Are you ready? Did you buckle up? This is going to hurt. This is going to help. You know when you go to the doctor and you go, hey, this is, this is going to hurt for a minute, but then it's going to help. I went to the dentist uh, not long ago, and I had to have a teeth uh, uh, extracted. And he said to me, now this is going to hurt. You're going to feel the pinch, right? And then you're going to feel so much better. Listen to me. I don't know what he put on. I had a little gas. I've asked him for some of that for my office, but that's another sermon. But I didn't even feel the pinch because the pain was gone. Are you with me, everybody? So I, my prayer for you today is that the pain leaves and the pinch doesn't hurt. Because I want to help you get free today. If you weren't here last week in the first week of Struggle Bus, we talked about emotional health. And we said emotional health, health is connected to whoever you're connected to. That it matters who you're with. If you're with somebody sad, you're going to be sad all the time. If you're with somebody depressed and down and, and negative, and that's how you're going to be. If you're with happy people, come on, I, sometimes I, I wake up and I want to be depressed. You know what I mean? I wake up and then I get around some of y'all and I can't be depressed. You just bring so much joy. Matter of fact, next week I'm preaching about joy. It's my favorite thing to talk about. And I'm talking about joy and the spirit of joy in God's house and how you have joy in your life. And it it matters who you're connected to. And we said last week that Jesus sees you and he touches you. If you didn't catch that message, let me encourage you to go to YouTube today and catch it. This week may be the most impactful week. Can I be honest with you for just a moment? I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to preach today. And I didn't want to preach this. I actually backed out of it on Tuesday. I rarely tell you behind the scenes, but I did. I went home and told my wife, I'm not preaching that. And I'm the man of God in our house, but she's the voice of God. Come on, everybody. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? We're laying in bed. True story. She goes, you're going to preach that Sunday. I said, you will not tell the prophet what he's going to do. <laughs> so anyway, I'm preaching it today. <laughs> Maybe the most difficult thing I've preached to you all year, maybe in a long time. I want to talk about healing from trauma. I want to talk about the trauma of your life. And if you'll give me the next half hour and you'll open your heart to God and the Word of God, I honestly believe, I promise you, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a word for you of healing and freedom. And I think as quickly as you, uh, as the event happened to you, that the Holy Spirit can heal you. Say amen to that, everybody. Many of you have endured severe abuse and trials and pain and heartbreak. You may be in church today walking through some of that. And I have a heavy heart for you. I prayed for you all morning. I prayed for you between the services. I prayed for you this morning early. I was up early before my whole house and asking God to help me preach this to you because it's such, um, it's such a heavy thing. And I think so many people deal with it. I think one of the biggest misconceptions of Christianity is once you get saved, you get healed. That is not true. You can be saved and still bound. I'll prove it to you. In Exodus, the sixth chapter, God tells Moses, you tell the people, I have four things I want to do for them. I want to to set them, I I want to bring them out of Egypt. I'll bring you out. That's the first one. I'll save you from Egypt and from being a slave. The second thing he promised to do is, I will set you free from being slaves to them. Now, wait a minute. If you brought me out of Egypt, wouldn't I already be set free? Look at me. No. I know a lot of people who are out of sin, 
but still bound by the trauma of their life. You can be saved and not delivered. And this church, I think one of the callings of my life, as a matter of fact, the vision of our church is not that you just know God. I want you to find freedom in your life. I want you to be set free from the freedom of your life. Let me dive right in and tell you what trauma is. I did a lot of research. This is certainly more cerebral than I normally would teach to you, but if you'll let me teach you for just a couple of moments, I think God will speak to your heart. Write it down like this. If you take notes in church, you'll go to heaven. It's in the Bible somewhere. A lot of people think trauma is the, the, the painful thing that happened to you. They'll say things like, I had a trauma in my childhood. I had this, I had this trauma you know, in, my, in, in this marriage, in this relationship. In my research for you, and, and honestly, I did. I poured hours and hours and hours to try to help you in this message and bring you a word from God. Trauma is not the event. Listen, trauma is actually the response. Write it down like this. Trauma is your response to the deeply disturbing or hurtful event of your life. Trauma is not the event, it's your response to the event. Now why is that important? I tell you that. Let me tell you the reason that there's an important distinction. Because if, if, you, if you tell yourself and you believe that trauma is the event, you'll believe you're powerless over it. Because you, you didn't choose it, you didn't mean for it to happen, you didn't cause it to happen, it happened to you. And if you believe that that is the trauma, then you'll be held captive to, well I can't change that, look at me. But you can change your response to the event. Let me say it better this way. You can find healing from the traumatic event of your life. And you can be healed from trauma and your response to it. You have power. And through God's help, the power of the Lord, you have power to overcome the deepest, most hurtful, most traumatic events of your life. Say amen to that. A lot of people think trauma is physical. We even talk about having physical, like a, like a trauma unit in a hospital or, you know, that, that's the trauma hospital. We, we sort of equate it with physical and sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a physical injury. Sometimes it's physical abuse. And trauma can be physical and sometimes you carry it. Matter of fact, one of my research, one of the books I'm researching to help you in this message and in this series is a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it talks about how your body physically will keep the score of trauma in your life. And some of the physical things that come out in your life are traumatic. Uh, their response to the traumatic event of your life. It can be physical. But listen to me. Trauma is also extremely emotional and spiritual and mental. And if you don't get healing from all of that, then you will walk away half healed from what hurt you. Let me say it better like this. Write it down. The wounds you can't see may hurt as much or more as the wounds you can see. The wounds you carry around that you can't see may hurt as much or more as the wounds you can see. So you may have healed from the bruise when your daddy threw you down the stairs, but you may carry the wound on the inside that hurts as much or more. So the bruise may go away and the bone may heal, and you may remarry, and you may get surgery after the car accident. And you may have gone through the therapy after the date rape. But there's wounds on the inside of you that hurt as much or more than the wounds on the outside. And if you don't address the wounds on the inside of you, you'll walk around looking whole but inside fractured. Just look straight ahead because I'm helping some of you. You'll carry around inside of you the wounds of your childhood. The trauma, the, the things that happened to you, the, the, the deep hurt that happened in a divorce, the deep hurt that happened when you lost 
a child, the deep hurt of abandonment between your father, your mother that walked out, they still aren't in your life like you want them to be. The deep hurt that you carry around. And listen, you may have tried to deal with your trauma and some well-meaning Christian probably quoted to you Romans 8.28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and been called according to His purpose. And some Christian may have told you that and some preacher may have told you that and i got to be honest with you. They're absolutely right. Some things can be true. They're just not helpful at the time. So Romans 8.28 is true but it may not be helpful to you. Because if you haven't dealt with your trauma properly and you haven't let God heal you from your trauma properly, you'll take a verse like that and you'll start blaming God. God, why am I not over this? God, why is this not better? Just because it's true doesn't mean it's helpful right now. You still may be in shock from the trauma of your life. You still may be in denial. You still may be anxious. There may be times you get around certain people, certain environments, certain situations, certain conversations where there's an anxiousness that rise up in you. Why? It's because there's trauma that you've carried on the inside of you that you're, you're bringing it to the surface. You may feel guilty. You may be numb. You may be moody. There may be all of this stuff in your life. And it, it, it sounds good to say God's going to work it for your good, but it doesn't feel good right now. And I want to help you find healing from all of that. If, in fact, you're in church today and you have trauma, it's the response to the hurtful event. I have to tell you this. I know that you're going to say you know it, but I want you to hear it again. You are not alone. The greatest lie I know the devil tells Christians is you're the only one. You're the only one who ever been molested. You're the only one who dealt with this situation in your marriage. You're the only one with those anger issues, if anybody ever knew. You're the only one who had that kind of abuse. You're the only one who was locked in the closet. You're the only one who was denied affection from your mother. You're the only one who couldn't live up to your father's expectation. And he'll lie to you and tell you you're the only one. Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else, I'll tell you. You are not alone. You're not even just alone in the room. You're not alone in the Bible. One of the greatest heroes of the faith in the Bible, when I began to do some research for this message, I realized there's more people that dealt with trauma in this book than there are people that were victorious overcomers. I'll preach it to you like this. Let me give you one. The Bible talks about Jacob. You know Jacob. He's the third in line when we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and that was an open book test. I just gave you the word. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His grandfather's father, Abraham. Did you go to Sunday school? Father Abraham had many. Stop. It's going to get your. It's going to get. And his son is Isaac. You remember Isaac? He brings him to the top of Mount Moriah. Talk about trauma. Talk about generational trauma. Imagine your daddy telling you about the time his daddy took him to the top of a mountain to kill him. And Jacob is born, and his mother names him Jacob, which literally means cheater. Not skeeter. We have one of those. Cheater. It, really, he comes to church here. <laughs> cheater. It literally means, you're a, it, it translated means heel grabber, a, a supplanter. Imagine as a little boy, your mama called, hey, cheat. A little boy. You go to school. 
uh, is there a cheater in the room? <laughs> Your mama named you cheater? Yeah. Talk about trauma. His father preferred his brother. His brother's name's Esau. His daddy loved his brother more than he loved him. As a matter of fact, his daddy enjoyed spending time with him. He would leave Jacob and go take Esau to hunt. He'd take Esau to fish. He liked him better. He's an outdoorsman. Jacob wasn't an outdoorsman, wasn't athletic. He had a father wound. I wish I had time to preach to you about father wounds. He had a father wound where his father didn't give him the affection that he needed. He didn't give him the affirmation that he needed. Maybe you're in the room today with a father wound because your father abandoned you or walked out on you. Wasn't all that you needed in a father. I think the greatest lie of the enemy is to make you have a, a bad relationship with your earthly father so that you'll have a distorted view of your heavenly father. And Jacob had that. Daddy doesn't like me. Daddy always likes to spend time with Esau. So much so that his mother coddled him. He had a mother wound. He's born a cheater, a supplanter. His daddy had a father wound. His grandfather carried a father wound, buried his brother. I mean, this is generational trauma. His mother babied him to the point that she was more his friend than she was his mom. Matter of fact, it was his mother who came up with the idea, hey, let's cheat your daddy out of the blessing. Let's cheat Esau out of the blessing. It's the only way you're going to get anything in this inheritance. And they came up with it together. Talk about trauma. And then after he cheats his brother Esau out of the blessing, he runs for the rest of his life away from Esau. Esau's trying to kill him, his own brother. I don't mean like he's posting bad things on Facebook. I mean he's literally trying to kill him. Jacob wrestles with God. You remember this. He has a wrestling match with God. All night long, the angel of the Lord wrestles with Jacob, touches him in his thigh. Jacob walks with a limp the rest of the time. But out of that night comes a new name and a new identity for Jacob. God says, no longer are you going to be Jacob, the cheater, the supplanter. You're going to be Israel, my people. Do you know how long it took Jacob to call himself Israel after God called him Israel? 30 years. 30 years after he fought the angel of the Lord was the first time Jacob ever called himself what God called him 30 years earlier. And you may be a 50-year-old man in here today thinking, I can't ever measure up. I can't ever be good enough. I, 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 I don't think I am what he says I am. You may have severe trauma from your childhood. You may have a father wound. You may have a mother wound, an abandonment issue. You may have generational trauma. And I just wanted you to know you're in good company because he's still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You don't have to forfeit the calling of God on your life because of the trauma on your life. Say amen to that. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and tell you the end of the story. He is Jacob. He is Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 sons of Israel. This is where the tribes, the eternal tribes of Israel come from, a man born, raised, and trauma. You can have trauma in your life and still be used by God. I don't want you to think you forfeited your hand, the hand of God on your life. You hadn't forfeited the calling or the purpose of God on your life. And I want to teach it to you. Would you let me be more cerebral for just a moment? As I did all this research for you, I want to help you understand what trauma is. Write it down like this. There are three kinds of trauma. I'll give you those because I want you to see where your trauma is. 
Maybe, maybe you've heard in your life, well, you can just get over it. You can just, just pull yourself up by your... Maybe you come from a generation. You, there's some people in the room today who came from the generation that said, hey, just, just get over it. Just rub dirt in it. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Like, just, just get over it. Just pull yourself up. You can make it. Anybody, anybody that was the way you were raised? Yeah. That's the way, anybody, that's the way you may have said that to your kids. Hey, you're going to be okay. You're, just get up. Just... They'll walk it off. Just rub dirt in it. You're going to be fine. And maybe you've dealt with your trauma that way. And here you are in your 40s or in your 50s going, I, rubbing dirt in it didn't work. We like to say it like this. Time doesn't heal all wounds. Time doesn't heal anything. Only God can do that. So you thought if I lived long enough, I would get over it. You don't write it down like this. You don't just get over trauma. You need to heal from it. You don't need to get over your trauma. You need to heal from your trauma. What's the difference, Pastor? Getting over it means I push it down and I keep pushing through. Healing means it's like it never happened. God redeemed it out of my life and healed me. God ever healed you of anything at all? I remember the story of healing from cancer. I remember when the, I, I, I was with a, a, a wonderful a church member who had a cancer. They were diagnosed with cancer. They had the tumor. It was verified, the oncologist. And then the next, we prayed, and the next time they went, the tumor's completely gone. Listen, they didn't just get over cancer. They were healed from cancer. Are you with me, everybody? And you don't just get over the trauma of your life. You need to get healed from the trauma in your life. That if you took an x-ray of your spirit, it's not there anymore. That if you examine your soul, it's not there. Let me give you the three types of trauma really quick. Number one is acute trauma. Acute trauma. I read a bunch of research, and i, I got to give it to you because I read it, right? Acute trauma. It's, acute trauma is a response from one time, like a, a one-time traumatic event, uh, a car accident, um, a natural disaster, uh, a complicated uh, birth of a child, and, and uh, a date rape. Uh, there's just one thing that you can point to and go, it's that thing. That's called acute trauma. It, it, it happened to me. I, we moved to North Carolina when I was 10 years old from Arkansas. I don't remember the move. I don't remember the, uh, the day we moved into the house. But I remember shortly after we still had boxes in. And I remember where we were driving. I was 10. I'm 41 years old. I remember we were driving a red uh, a Corsica. I remember what street we were on. I remember we were in front of the mall. My dad was driving. My mom was in the uh, passenger seat. My little brother was right beside me. I remember the car that hit us. I remember my dad went forward. He broke the steering wheel in half, opened his sternum up. My mother chokes on the seatbelt. I can see her out of my eyes that are covered in blood because I broke my nose. I can see my mom dangling by her neck through the seatbelt. It's, it's acute. It's been 31 years, and I can smell it. Are you with me? The second type of trauma is chronic trauma. Chronic trauma is a long-term response because you had prolonged or repeated events. Maybe you were bullied in school. Maybe you, maybe you were constantly made fun of because of your weight or because of your size. Or maybe it was racism. Maybe there were somebody who, who, who constantly, maybe you know the feeling. By the way, let me pause here and tell you about racism. There's some things I don't understand that there are people in this church that you've had to walk through. Nobody's ever followed a white kid from Arkansas through a convenience store. This Okay. Some of you know that feeling as a young black man and never being trusted. And now you carry this chronic trauma. Maybe it was pornography. It's been years and years and years. Maybe it's 
Your mom and dad were an alcoholic. Maybe you're sexually abused. It's a, it's a long-term response. And then the last one is complex trauma, and it's really a combination of the other two. Complex trauma is a response to multiple or ongoing events. It's usually one or two things that you can point to, and then it's sort of cascaded in your life. And I'm going somewhere. I'm going to give you some hope here in just a few minutes. But I want you to see where you are. I want you to find yourself. And you can, it can be difficult to trust people after trauma. Listen to me. It was difficult for me to ride in the back seat of the car again. I'm 41, and sometimes it's difficult for me to ride in the back seat of the car because of the trauma. Because I carry with it the anxiousness. My response to that is anxious. I get anxious in that. Are you with me? And the trauma of your life will make it hard to trust other people. It makes it hard to trust God. It makes it hard to really lean into God. It makes it hard to do good with money. Maybe you just, you're terrible at money and you can't figure out, why can't I get this right? It could be your response to what all that stuff that happens. It may be hard for you to be close to people. You can't have close relationships. It may be hard for you to raise kids. There are people in church today that you may choose not to have kids, not because you don't want them, but because you don't want to raise them the way you were raised and you're afraid that you don't have the skills and the tools because of trauma, because of all the stuff I carried. So I want to give you a message called How to Heal from Your Trauma. Now, I'm not a doctor, not a psychologist. I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of study to help you, and I've only got 11 minutes and 45 seconds to teach it to you. So I'm not going to tell you everything. I'm just going to tell you everything I know. In God's Word... I think we can look to the Apostle Paul to heal from trauma. Now, I know that sounds crazy. Because Paul wrote two-thirds of your New Testament. He wrote more of the Bible than any other author. How could Paul be the one who, who deals with trauma and talk about how to deal with trauma? I, I think Paul lived through all three phases of, uh, of trauma. I think he had acute trauma. I think he had chronic trauma and complex trauma. As a matter of fact, his conversion experience was traumatic. I mean, Paul's on the road to Damascus. He's a serial killer, by the way. Imagine today if we had serial killers as ushers. None of y'all are, are you? I just, I'm asking. I'm just, just see me afterwards is all I'm saying. I just want to know. Paul's this serial killer, has a traumatic conversion experience. Literally, he sees Jesus on the road to Damascus. A bright light knocks him off his horse, knocks him in the head, and the man goes blind for three days. And that's just when he got saved. When I got saved, I went down to the front of the youth camp because I felt bad and I gave Jesus my heart. That was it. Right? Talk about traumatic, man. My brother was blind. Blind when he got saved. He has this conversion to Christianity. He's the serial killer who's now a Christian preacher. Imagine that guest in your pulpit next Sunday. He, 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 the rest of his life, he goes, this is just the beginning of the prolific trauma of his life. He endured ongoing, severe trauma, and I think he gives us the recipe to healing. I want you to buckle up and listen quickly and closely and open your heart. Here's the first thing. Write this down. Number one, you got to process. If you're going to heal from trauma, you got to process the pain of your trauma. If you're going to get healing from trauma, you've got to process the pain. Of our trauma. You will not heal what you choose to ignore. Let me say it differently. Look into my eyes. God will not bless who you pretend to be. God, I will. God will not bless 
who you pretend to be. You will not heal from one thing you suppress. You will only heal from everything you process. You cannot hide, push down, suppress, forget, or ignore the rape, the abuse, the abandonment. And I know why you want to. I know you feel vulnerable. I know you want to bury it. I know you feel helpless. But instead of seeking connection, you find yourself always prioritizing protection. Here's the thing about building walls to keep people out. It builds walls to keep people out. And then you only have all the bad stuff hidden behind the wall. And now the people that you don't want to get in to hurt you, there's also nothing else can get in to help you. And you bury it and you write it down like this. You do not heal in isolation. You heal best in community. You don't heal. This is not a question, by the way, and it's not even up for debate. You do not heal in isolation. You heal best in community. You can get saved all by yourself, but you cannot get healed all by yourself. You need community for healing. You need other people. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Not saved. Not forgiven. Healed. Healing happens in community. Nothing good grows in the dark. You can't just bury it down and think nobody's going to know. And if I just suppress it, you got to process that. You, you, gotta, you can't ignore your pain. Here's what will happen. Here's what I know. And just look straight ahead because I know this is, this is helping some of you, but it's hurting. I told you the sting's going to hurt for just a moment, but it's going to help you. Look at me. You will process it some way or another. If you isolate it, you'll process it in a painful way. Drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, bad relationships. You'll, you will find something. Sleeping pills, prescription pills, oxy. You'll find something to process your pain. But in isolation, you process it all by yourself. God didn't design you to do that. You can't heal in isolation. You need somebody else. You need community. I'll show you how Paul did it. How did Paul process his trauma? 2 Corinthians 11. He writes... He says, are everybody a servant of Christ? And this is in your Bible. I didn't add this parenthesis. This is in your Bible. Open it up. 2 Corinthians 11. He actually said, parenthetical phrase, I am out of my mind to talk like this. <laughs> As a preacher, sometimes I've said that. Why did I just say that? Why? I am out of my mind to be talking like this. But Paul, listen, listen to me. Paul is processing his trauma with the Corinthian church. He said, I'm more. I've worked harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Look at me. Paul is not complaining. He's processing. He's pro Men, it's called talking with your voice out loud. He's, I don't have to teach women this. He's women can skip down to number two. Men, look at me. Outside with his mouth open, with his feet. What, what are you thinking about? Nothing. He's processing. I've been exposed to death again and again. Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. 39 lashes with a cat of nine tails. By the way, Jesus only received that one time and it killed him. Paul's received it five times. 
Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Not stoned. Some of you are like, that ain't so bad. That's how I've dealt with my trauma. I know. I was stoned. I was, I was pelted. Was, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea all by myself, scared of sharks and whales. And I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, bandits, fellow Jews, Gentiles, city, country, danger at sea, danger from false believers. I've labored. I've toiled. I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold. I've been naked. Verse 28 is really my prayer. Besides all this, I'm a pastor. That's what he says. He literally says, besides all this, I face daily the pressure of my concern for the churches. What's Paul doing here? He's processing his trauma. He's not complaining about what's happened. He's telling the Corinthians, hey brothers, I know you're going through a hard time. I have too. Let me process with you what I've lived through. You got to find somebody. You can't tell everybody, but you have to tell somebody. Look at me. You can't tell everybody, but you have to find somebody. Find a pastor. Find a. It's why I talk about small groups so much. It's why you have to join one this week. It's why you need to get on the dream team this week at All In Night. It's why you need to be in a small group this week. It's why you need to sit at a freedom table. It's why you need to sit at a coffee shop. It's why you need to sit around a bunco table. Not for a bunco, but so that eventually over the next 10 weeks, you take that mask and go, I need to process with you. This trauma of my life. You gotta find somebody, train. You gotta process it. Paul does not push down the trauma, he processes it. Are you listening quickly? Number two, you gotta pray. If you wanna get healing from your trauma, you gotta prayerfully press into God with your trauma. Number one, if you want healing, you gotta process your trauma. Number two, you gotta prayerfully press into God. Press into God. 2 Corinthians 11, Paul is processing. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, By the way, I've got this thorn in my flesh. Now, he never says what the thorn in his flesh is. I have an opinion. I think he's maybe blind or possibly epilepsy. That's what most historians believe. But he dealt with something that he couldn't get over. And he did not complain. He just kept going to God. And so many people have been traumatized with disease and chronic pain or a person or an event and you may have processed it with others but you never prayerfully took it to God because you may have thought God doesn't want to hear me complain I can't question God I can't ask Him why of course you can Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 8 three times I pleaded with God to take this away from me look at me I don't care if you were raised in bad theology or not of course you can go to God and fuss and cuss and yell and scream and why? Why did it happen this way? Why did you do this? Why have you given me this? Why is this happening in my life? Why was I born to that man? Why did that woman have to be my mother? You can give your pain. Look at don't blame God. Run to God with your trauma. Paul pleaded with God to take it away. I don't think he just prayed three times. I think he had three seasons of prayer. He may have taken three years of prayer. He may have taken three decades of prayer. Please, God, let me get over this. 
please God. He runs to God with his trauma. And God's response, look at me. God's response is the response that you'll get. You can take it to God. You can take it to God. Write that down. You can take it to God. You can take it to You can ask God. You can, God, this isn't my fault. God, I don't know what to do. You can unload on God. Well, I already have that, Pastor. I've already prayed about it. Pray about it again. I've already gone to God with it. Go to God again three different times and seasons. Paul goes, God, please. God, please. And God finally answers in 2 Corinthians 12. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And the answer to your trauma when you go to God may be, I was there all alone. I was there when she locked you in the closet. I was there when he walked out. I was there in the abuse. I was with you all along. My grace. How do you think you made it here today? How arrogant of you to think you should not have died from all of that. But God's grace kept you. And you've lived through your worst day. Because His grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That's why Paul said, finally it clicked to me. All this trauma. I delighted in my insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. Why? Because every time I take it to God in my weakness, I get stronger. Did you catch it? Every time I take my trauma to God, I get stronger. Every time I lean into God. He said all three times I took it to God and I asked Him to get away. God, why did it happen? God, take it away from me. God said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I just want you to know you've lived through it and I'm still there. And He eventually built up this muscle of healing that said, I'm still here. And now I've trained myself that when I go through trauma and traumatic events and when I have pain, I can take it to God. And in my weakness, I am made. Strong. Write it down like this. Nothing can change your past, but God can heal your broken heart. Nothing can take it away, but God can heal what you're willing to give to Him. I know this is hard. You see why I didn't want to preach it? I'm physically exhausted. Literally, I'm telling, I'm, I'm confessing to you. I'm emotionally drained because I know pain that some of you have carried. I know you buried your child. I know you couldn't get pregnant. I know the rape wasn't your fault. I know he walked out and left you alone. And I have to tell you that you can be healed. You may not get over it, but you can heal from it. Because Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That saves doesn't mean eternally saves. That means He rescues you. Heals you. There's healing in the house today. I know that's a lot. 
Uh, see why I didn't want to preach it? But I got to get you healed. I don't want you to just carry around this trauma your whole life on your way to heaven, but living in a private hell. You got to process your pain. Find somebody. Get a Christian counselor. Find a pastor. Get in a small group. Find a couple. Find a woman you can trust. Find a godly man. Young people, find student pastors. Find, find a small group leader. Find somebody you can process. And then go to God. As a matter of fact, at the close of service, I'm asking our prayer team, the largest prayer team we've ever had, all of our staff's going to be praying. Because I want to help you go to God with it. You can cry. You can yell. You can tell Him, I don't understand. But there's grace to be found in your weakness. And I got three things. And I'm scared to teach the last one to you. <laughs> because I don't want you to feel like I'm being insensitive. I'm hesitant to talk about it because some of you are still hurting. And you're not ready to receive it. I told you that at the beginning of the message. And you're, you may not be ready yet. Look, listen to me. Look, don't, don't let yourself off the hook here. Look at my eyes and listen to me closely. You may not be ready to receive it yet. But that doesn't mean it isn't true. Okay? So if you're not ready yet, if you haven't processed and you haven't gone to God with your pain, save it. And the moment you do, this is for you. For those of us who are going to God with our trauma and you're processing it with somebody, this is for you. Here's the third thing. If you want to get healing from your trauma, you've got to pursue purpose in your trauma. I know that sounds insensitive. I know you expected me to say that. This is the life message of, of this church. This is the message of my life. It's the message of my life. I'm here today at 41, 22 years of ministry, married to the same woman, two great kids after a lot of miscarriages, after a lot of hurt, still some family drama plenty of trauma in my own life to tell you you have to pursue purpose if you want to heal you will stop short of actual healing if all you do is process it and take it to God you have to find purpose in it praise be 2 Corinthians 1 Paul started 2 Corinthians this way now listen he knew he was going to process it and he knew he was going to take it to God. And he started this way. Praise be to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I love that he says that. Here's how I know Paul is being healed from his trauma. Because he opens up the book talking about trauma going, By the way, I'm getting comfort. By the way. God's been compassionate. By the way, I don't blame God. I'm not angry at God. I don't carry around bitterness. Praise be to the God of all compassion and all comfort who comforts us in all of our struggle. Why? Why would He do that? So that you can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort you've received from God. You can turn your greatest pain into your greatest purpose. The mess of your life could become the message of your life. 
the hardest thing. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, if you'll refresh others, you'll be refreshed. G- Jesus said it like this, that if you'll receive him when you're born again of the Spirit, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He didn't say lakes of living water. He said rivers, because rivers of living water flow. You know what that means? As I receive compassion and comfort and healing from God, it flows in me and it flows out of me. And the more that flows out of me, the more that flows in me. And the more I give grace, the more I get grace. And the more I serve others, the more God answers my prayer. And the more I serve and the... And it's a river that comes through me. And some of you, the reason why you haven't fully healed is because you're not pursuing purpose. You're not saying, okay, God, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why it took us 11 years to have my baby. I don't even know how many babies I got in heaven. But I know this, that I've prayed for countless mothers who lost children and God's healed them. Because as I receive comfort for the miscarriage that we walk through, I give it out and I get more comfort. I don't know why you had to have walked through what you walked through. But I know this, if you'll ask God, show me somebody who dealt with abuse. Let me take this pain of my life, the trauma of my life, and find purpose in this trauma. Then God will heal your get purpose God the God of all compassion and comfort your trauma may not have been your fault but pursuing God for healing is your responsibility your trauma may not have been your fault but pursuing God for your healing is your responsibility it's your responsibility to stand up today and go okay God I'm giving it one more shot. I'm walking to the altar today. I'm getting somebody to pray for me. Okay, God, I'm doing it. I'm I'm finally going to get purpose. Come on, guys, come. I'm finally going to find purpose in my life. You don't, listen, you don't need to get over it. You need to heal from it. You need to find another young woman who walked through what you walked through. You need to find another man who knows what it's like not to have a daddy and put your arm around him and say, I don't have all the answers, but God's been good to me and I'll help you the best I can. You You don't have to have all the answers. I don't know why the trauma of your abortion stays with you. I know that it's hurtful and you're in a church today that doesn't look down or judge you. I've got grace and mercy for you but don't hold it in. Find another young woman who's in a terrible situation and put your arm around her and say I've been where you are and God's helped me and God can help you. Find another couple who's walked through divorce and say I don't know how we're going to walk through this but would you put your arm around me and find purpose in this. Get on a dream team. High five somebody. And I promise you, God will show you. You could be in a kid's classroom and a little baby walks up to you and says, I don't have a daddy. And you'll know, this is why I'm on this team. And God will pour purpose into you. And healing. Praise be to the Father of all compassion and comfort. Who comforts me while I comfort others. You can find healing. Here's the last thing I gotta tell you. I'm a mess up here. Come back next week. I'm gonna be happy as I've ever been. <laughs> Trauma is a fact of life, but it doesn't have to be a way of life. Come on, family. Trauma is a fact of life, but it doesn't have to be a way of life. You don't have to live in that hell. You can find freedom healing. Bow your heads and close your eyes, Holy Spirit.
You see why I had to sing again? I had to prepare. I just, I had to, I just, God, I've done the best I could. A little bit I got. So I'm asking you to do what I can't do, Holy Spirit. Touch somebody's heart. Nobody's looking around. I'm asking you not to move and don't leave. Their tears, their snot falling out. I, I, I know. Just not for me, just for God. If it's you, would you just slide your hand up just as high as you can get it? Just say, this me. It's me, God. It's me, God. It's me, God. It's me. I need some healing. I need healing from what happened. I need healing from this drama. I need healing from this stuff I've carried. I need healing from this. So, God, I pray for every hand and I pray for every heart. I pray for people who are struggling people who've carried with them the trauma of their childhood, their past, the trauma of what happened to them. I pray, God, with their hands raised in total surrender that you would do what only you can do and heal. Help them to find a place to process. Let this be a church where process can happen, where people can be in process. They don't have to be perfect. They can be in process. Oh, that's a word for you. You don't have to be perfect. Just stay in process with God. Stay in process with God's people. Just stay, just keep coming. Come back next week. Just try it again. Just go to another small group process. God, I lean into you with my pain. Come on, every hand, open up to God. Everybody in the room, open your hands. God, I give it to you. I lean into God. I lean into God. I don't blame you. I lean into you. I'm not mad at you. I run to you. I run to you. I run to you with my pain. I run to you with this trauma. I run to you with that divorce. That I run to you with that abandonment. I run to you with that with that molestation. I run to I give it to God. I give it to God. I give it to God. I give it to God and I find grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient. Grace over your life. Grace over your home. Grace over your marriage. Grace over your mind. Grace over your heart. Grace in your childhood. Grace in your adulthood. Grace has been there all along. Grace is sufficient for you. God, help me to find purpose. Come on. God, help me to find where do I go? How can I help? How can I transfer this deepest pain into purpose? God, how could you use this mess to make a message? How could you use what I've walked through? God, I refuse. Come on, refuse it. I refuse to be bound. It will not be the way of my life. I will pursue healing in Jesus' name. Put your hands down. Keep your eyes closed. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, let me lead you in a salvation prayer. I don't want to close today without giving you a chance to make Jesus Lord of your life. So, Lord Jesus... I can't pray this for you, but I can pray it with you. Come on. Say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. Forgive me. Save me. God, take my whole life, every part of me. Make me brand new in Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.